Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Wednesday summer morning. Eagles fans, appreciate you streaming in early here with us on Bird Street 65. That would be my partner, John McMullen. I would be Jody McDonald. And we're hanging with you for the next two hours. Got two good guests coming your way. And we'll give you details on that coming up in just a second. J-Mac, how are you this morning? The countdown is on. Yeah, a week away, man. It's getting close. A uh, week away from on-field, uh, obviously. Uh, they'll report on Tuesday of, of next week. So, yeah, we're almost here. Uh, and I think, you know, it's it's a long grind to get through this offseason, Jody. I think it's perfect for the Eagles in the fact that Phillies are relevant again. I think they'll skate through the summer and then uh, have a little bit of uh, uh, time to 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 get themselves ready to go. But I think what really is going to help them, and I mentioned this yesterday on the show and a couple of times, I, I think they're going to have some hiccups because of all the changes and all the turnover. But boy, you know, the NFC is set up so nicely for them. I think they have an opportunity to to get through those hiccups, take their time, don't have to panic. Nobody's going to run away from them. Uh, and then ultimately just right the ship and be in a, a, a good position to to be NFC champions again or be at least, a, make at least a deep playoff run. And, you know, that's why they're the betting favorites in the NFC. And they should be. By the way, they should yeah, be. absolutely should be, and because of that, I don't think they're going to be skating through anything. Not in this town. Not when you're talking about the football team 
they will be front and center. And luckily, luckily for us, people will stream in here to Birds 365 because they want their Eagles info and their Eagles information. And we'll try and give it to them. Uh, well, by it. stating, I mean from a football sense. I don't mean it from, yeah, they're going to get that first loss. They're going to get crapped upon. I mean, yeah, that goes without saying. That's stipulated. From a football sense, I think they can, you know, go about things calmly. And I think they will. Uh, because I think they understand there's, you know, there's significant turnover, both on the field, seven new starters, coaching staff. We talked about, they know there's got to be some hiccups. So I, I think that's understood inside the building, outside the building. Yeah. Lost one. They're going to get destroyed. No, and it depends when loss number one comes. Uh, we so would spend an entire week on this when it came out, when the schedule came out. I think the NFL did the Eagles a favor the way they constructed their schedule. Some people said the Eagles were disrespected by the way they – I, I only care about – and this is all speculative, the quality of the opponent, the strength of the schedule at the Patriots. Yeah, it's Brady Day, so that's kind of a, a – it's a bad spot. I said it last year. This year it's even worse. A little uh, bit, but again, uh, the, do you believe the Patriots have as talented a roster? No, as not, as even not even close. close. Right. So you're getting a team that you're better than a road game out of the way. Minnesota dominated on a Thursday night last year. They got them again this year. I don't care that it's a Thursday night. It's a short turnaround for both the Eagles and the Vikings. It's the same thing. Tampa's going to be bad. Another bad road team. If you're going to play road games, you might as well play teams that you're better than on the road, and that's certainly Tampa. And then they get Washington at home. Remember, Eagle fans, the Eagles lost to the Commanders at home last year. Other than the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts' only loss last year was at home against the Commanders. So a little bit of a revenge factor. I'm sure Nick Sirianni will play with that to his team. And then they get the Rams again. On the road, a team that you're better than. They've got a more talented roster than the Rams. That's five winnable games, Johnny Mac, to start this season. Oh, I agree. On paper, it looks very good early. Um, But I do expect him to lose a game. And, you know, I, when you go through that list, they shouldn't, I mean, on paper, they shouldn't, but I do expect them to lose a game in that group. And the two obvious candidates would be uh, week one at new England, which would be a situation that they would get shat upon for the reasons we're talking about. They're a better team, but I don't think, Fans put enough credence in the season openers and lived through it in Detroit last year. And it's a bigger deal than usual uh, for the Patriots because of Tom Brady Day. And, oh, by the way, the Patriots, while they're not what they once were, they're not a terrible team. So it's one of those teams that can come up and and bite anybody in a a, a parody-driven NFL. So I think that's a bad spot. And then Washington. Um they beat them last year and they're a division foe and yeah, a lot of uncertainty with Sam Howell. We have no idea what Sam Howell is. I don't care what anybody says, Jody McDonald, Ed Kratz on both ends of the spectrum. We have no idea what we're going to see from Sam Howell. Um, But just uh, those games tend to be tougher than they should be uh, with the Washington. They, They tend to play better against Washington 
down at FedEx Field, at least in recent seasons. A little bit of strange. I I agree with you. The Minnesota game, that's the easiest spot. Not only is it a short week, it's the Eagles' home opener, which is the exact same scenario as last year against that team. Overwhelmed, and and they're the ones traveling on the short week. And, and by the way, I don't think they're a very good football team. So that, I think, is an easy spot. At Tampa Bay, yeah, I, I'm with you. That's a bad football team. It's just a matter of how bad. At Los Angeles, bad football team. Even though those are road games, I'd be more concerned with Washington just because of the history and uh, the familiarity uh, of those two teams. Oh, by the way, Eagles last year rode Warriors. Uh, the road did not bother the Eagles at all last year. And I know it's a different team. Uh, we know the free agents left. We know the replacement guys who've come in, either via the draft or, or free agency or trade. Yeah, I like the Eagles' chances to be very good on the road again this year. So uh, I'm not fretting that, oh, it's New England's home open. Oh, it's Tom Brady. Oh, they're better than the Patriots. So, yeah. Uh, to use the word you use, shat upon. They will be shat upon by me if they lose week one to New England because they're not supposed to lose to England because they're a better team than New England. But, well, uh, what what is the first game they're going to be uh, not favorite? Um, probably at the Jets, if nothing changes. Maybe. We got to see what the Jets. Depending on how the Jets if, play. If, if the Eagles are 5-0, and oh, like I think they're going to be, at worst, as Johnny suggests, somebody jumps up and bites them in the butt surprises them four and one if the jets are four and one as well then yeah that could be a toss-up game but if the jets are three and two and the eagles are five and oh eagles oh are yeah favorite on the road oh uh, uh, yeah but if yeah the jets got to take care of their business but if the jets are four and one i i think they're favorite in, in that game because of aaron Rodgers, and maybe they shouldn't be but i think they will be um if they take care of their business if they don't then you got to go down to at Kansas City. Kansas City, yeah, that's it. That's the game. So I mean, it's a lot like last year, despite everyone's talk about uh, being, you know, a tougher schedule, and it is a tougher schedule. The Eagles are going to be the favorites in the vast majority of games, and uh, you know, as we said, could be the Jets, will be Kansas City. Um, then even if you look past that at Dallas, depending on how the Cowboys are playing, uh, would be a favorite, the Cowboys. And that's it. And that's oh, by it. the way, I took a quick peek. I just went through this yesterday, but I punched it up just in case so that I don't make a mistake. Cause I've got, I divvied up my jet tickets with my jet season ticket partner. Um, was my brother's my brother had the tickets uh when he passed away he gave them to me so i still share them with his buddy uh who's my buddy as well but it, certainly my brother was much closer to uh, michael dell than i was so we just split up our tickets yesterday so i know the jet schedule home buffalo at dallas home new england which oh by the way they haven't beat the patriots forever even when the Patriots aren't all that good, the Patriots find a way to sweep yeah, the Jets. But, you know, every you're getting year. that the Jets are different this year. Well, they got to prove it. But yeah, I mean, they've been the Jets. I, I you know, I get it. You know it better than most. Um, but 
they're going to be different this year. That's a, my prediction. But there's a Patriot thing that seems to override everything else, which just annoys the bejesus out of me. Uh, then they play Kansas City at home and at Denver before they get to the Eagles. Four and uh, one is a maybe. Three and two might be more likely. So, yeah, I think the Eagles could be a favorite in that game. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Uh, let, let us deal with the fact that they got to show up and start showing out and guys are playing for playing time. Man, spot on the 53-man roster. Some players just hoping to get to that practice squad. So they're in the National Football League, undrafted free agents and the like. Johnny Mack, the process starts as soon as they show up, as soon as they get out onto the field. Or does it? How much do you think Eagle decisions are made by Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff, Howie Roseman and his underlings, by what guys do or what guys show in meetings? That it's mostly the coach talking. Yeah, they'll every once in a while throw a question to a guy. Uh, you and I have never been in that room. We're not invited in. And uh, neither one of us were players. Uh, some, some media members here in Philadelphia can actually give – actual first-hand insight as to how meetings go with coaches and the like. Are players evaluated in meetings, do you believe? Oh, hey, yeah. And, you know, more than more than the average team here in Philadelphia because they've scaled back so much and they put so much emphasis on, and I would add walkthroughs to that as well. Um, they put so much emphasis on the mental part of it. Um yeah, I mean, if you're not paying attention, if you're dozing off. Now, there's levels, right? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's certain players that are so good that they can probably get away with a little bit more. But if you're talking the back end of the roster, say the final 10 people, yeah, I mean, they better be on point in meetings and things like that uh, because that's kind of what sets those guys apart. Um it's always about talent first. Um, and by no means, there's a lot of guys that are really good players that are really good mentally as well. Really good starts with Jalen Hurts, right? Um, you know, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, all the familiar names. I mean, kind of sets them apart because they're really talented. Plus, they do all the other stuff. But then there's players that, you know, are so talented. Maybe they get away with some stuff. Um, and those guys don't have to worry as much because I was like Jimmy Johnson's quote about, I'll, I'll treat you all barely, but I'm not treating you all the same. Right. And his point was like, you know, Hey, Michael Urban's over there. Emmett Smith's over there. Troy Aikman's over there. If you're the 53rd guy on the roster, you're going to have a different set of standards. Um, that's just the reality of the NFL. Um, but yeah, it's very important. It's more important here than most places because the Eagles don't practice a lot. So, right. And um, Jimmy Johnson hammered his point home uh, years ago when he cut Kervin Richards, his backup running back, because he fell asleep in a meeting. And someone asked him afterwards, what happens if Emmett fell asleep in a meeting? <laughs> and he, he just kind of like laughed and said, yeah, Kevin Richards is an Emmett Smith. Uh, so, yeah, there, there are different levels of what you need to accomplish on the field, off the field, depending on where you are at in your career. And I'll be critical of the Philadelphia Eagles here. 
and the 31 other teams in the National Football League, at least my point of view. Way too much is made of a guy's background, his resume, where he came from, his pedigree. I hate that friggin' word, pedigree. People talk about, oh, your pe- what's his pedigree? Where you were drafted, uh, what they gave you as far as a signing bonus goes. I know there's some ec- economic uh, ties to this, but judge the judge the guy what he's doing right now. Judge what he did on the field today. Judge how he was in the meeting. You want to judge the meetings and attentiveness and the like? Okay, do it. Don't don't give him a break because he was a third round draft pick as compared to undraft. Don't give him a break because you gave him a slightly higher signing bonus. I think Eagles do that, and I think all 31 other teams in the National Football League do that. And I'm sorry, if I were running a team, if I had Howie Roseman's position, you'd be evaluated every day. And evaluations would stay very fluid. And you could move yourself up or you could move yourself back. I am not referring to Jalen Hurts. He's kind of locked in by both what he's done on the field and his contract. There are some exceptions to the rule that I'm laying out here. But for the uh, grand majority of the other guys on the roster, what have you done for me lately? Janet Jackson mentality for yours truly. Uh, What you have done previously or where you were drafted or where you played your college football, irrelevant to me. Show me what you're doing on the field for me right now. That's just me. Well, I'm kind of in between. I, I I agree. It's a little bit too much defaulted to too much. Um, I would agree with that part of it. But there is, you know, the reality of, and, you know, that's where analytics come into it. I mean, they spend a lot of time, you know, studying um, previous success stories at particular positions and, they try to cobble together sort of the baseline. All right, what makes these guys good from a talent perspective? Um, and, you know, if you stray too far from that, um, you're going to get hurt. But if you devote yourself to it and make it a religion, you're also going to get hurt. So I'm kind of in between. And And then the reality is, Look, as a GM in this league, and this is one of the luxuries Howie Roseman has um, that other GMs don't have, if you fail on first-round picks, and it's not fair, I mean, it's not fair, um, you're going to get fired. So by that nature, um, they, they're they going to give those guys more rope than a seventh-round pick, an undrafted guy, what have you. And it's incremental, you know, second round pick, not as much as a first round pick, but more than a fifth round pick or a day three pick and so on down the line. And they're going to get more chances, more opportunities. But in theory, if you're doing your job right, they're also more gifted. They're also more talented. Um, so you you would also want to give them a longer rope from that perspective to maybe the light goes off. But, you know, and, and Nick Sirianni said this, during rookie camp when I asked him, especially with the Eagles and especially in this environment, how do these guys stand out? The tryout players, I asked him. And he said, yeah, they're on the field for an hour, hour and 10 minutes. How do they stand out? And they only ended up, and he gave me that great quote about, 
you know, don't miss Adam Thielen. Don't miss Adam Thielen. Don't miss Adam Thielen. If, if something like that breaks through, you got to be savvy enough to, to understand it. But you also, you, you can't count on that. And, and, and it's the vast majority of, you better hit on your first round picks. You better hit on your premium picks, round two, round three, for the most part. You know, Jalen Rager, we look at all the time. It's not that he doesn't have the talent to play in the NFL. He certainly does. Um, he didn't work out. Everybody misses on first-round picks. Everybody misses on picks all the time. But those guys are, are – if you're in the first round of the NFL draft, you're gifted. You're gifted from an athletic standpoint. They might screw it up from a work ethic standpoint, from a technique, from a fundamental standpoint. They might screw it up from a coaching standpoint, uh, a player development standpoint. It's what I killed the Sixers for in the NBA. They don't they don't develop players. They just all right. We drafted a good player or drafted a bad player. That's it. Um, player development is a real thing. Um, so if you're and I saw you kind of roll your eyes there you think if you're not if you're a first round pick in the nfl draft you're not physically gifted you've got well specifically you've got a gift some guys are drafted on a gift that he has one aspect of his game that is off the charts good and they think this goes back into your uh developing type play and then they don't develop everything else that some guys are very good at one thing but you look past shortcomings in other areas because, oh, if he can do we can't teach this. He is so athletically gifted in this area. We'll teach him everything else. And then you find out you can't teach him everything else, and those shortcomings aren't good enough. And that's how you get first-round busts. You can have well, one aspect. Have to, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, let me finish my thought, John. I uh, And I extrapolated a little of what you said, that you're athletically gifted. The way you said it made sound like in everything. Not necessarily. You can be athletically good. Part of your game can be outrageously good, and that's what gets you drafted as high as you are. And they just uh, over-evaluate what they can teach him at the other spots and the other parts of his game, and that's how you get yourself a flop. Well, I, 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 you know, and I've heard this from numerous scouts over the years. Now, you, you might be right. They might not be – you're 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 incredibly gifted for your position. I should say that. Obviously, and if, if you're an offensive lineman, you're they're looking for different traits than wide receiver. Um, obviously, they're incredibly gifted for big people movement wise. They might be limited technique wise, but I I I can't tell you how many how many times. And they certainly overdraft people all the time, but they usually overdraft people because they overvalue those traits right and they overvalue how gifted they are athletically for their particular position that's where you get in trouble and maybe they don't have the 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 instincts to put but that's a big thing at linebacker for instance i mean nobody's going to question devin white from his athleticism the guy's ridiculous but he doesn't have any instincts uh and 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 it and it you know manifests itself on the field and you end up where you end up, and he had a great, uh, obviously, postseason run, but hasn't been much beyond that. Um, and that's a top, I think, top five. I think it was a fifth pick. Um, 
But the larger point I would say is, is they don't fail. And I've heard this from so many people. They don't fail because of their, their skill level. They fail because of something else. It might be work ethic. It might be coaching. It might be technique. It might be system. It might be a hundred things. It might be off the field. But it's not because they don't have the talent. And I've heard that from so many scouts. Um, and then it, it goes incrementally down the line. If you're um, a seventh-round pick, and there are notable exceptions, Jordan Mailata. You know, Jordan Mailata has first-round gifts, but he never played the position before, never played football before, <laughs> organized football. But if he did, if he grew up here and he was 6'8", and 360 with that athleticism and that wingspan and all that, he would have been a first round pick. Um, and, and, and who knows, they might have overvalued him because he had to be taught everything, but that's, he's such an outlier. That's a bad example. Right. Um, and for me, it comes down to how do you mesh them all together? That's what the great general managers have to do. They have to be able to kind of gets back to the point that I was making about, uh, Jordan Mylott is the prime example of uh, the fact that you don't worry about where a guy was drafted. You saw what you saw. You liked what you liked. You got him into your camp. It started to grow, and now he's one of the best left tackles in all of football. That's a perfect example of the Eagles not over-evaluating what your uh, pedigree is. Jordan Mylott didn't have a pedigree. He's just a big guy with some athletic traits. And they made him into a uh, top no, 10. No, and, and he ultimately beat out a first-round pick. Right, which is that kudos to the Eagles. I tip my cap to the Eagles that they did not allow pedigree to determine uh, who should be playing, what what guys should be given more opportunities. Like, they let it be decided on the field, and they sure as all got it right at the left tackle position. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac. It's a Mike Gill day. We're headed down the shore. A uh, little warm out there. Uh, we are certainly in the summer. We'll see what Gill's doing this summer. And as he gets ready, like us, for an upcoming Eagle season, Mike Gill from the Sports Bash next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, that fake a mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, a.k.a. Mac and Mac on Bird Street 65. And if it's a Wednesday, it's a Mike Gill day. And if it's a Mike Gill day, it's a T-shirt day. Gill, what are you rocking? Oh, I went with uh, the University of Penn today. All University right, back to the smart kids. Back to the smart guys. Like it. Yeah, what, didn't you have a different uh, uh, Ivy League school on recently? Wait, was it hard? Yeah, Gail on. I, I, yeah, I, do a, I do have a Princeton shirt, but I think it's a little young on me at this stage of my life. Yeah. You're not, not fitting into that one anymore, huh? Uh, I was at Harvard. Can we do Harvard? Or no, no Harvard. I've I visited I visited Princeton, Yale, and Penn and Brown. I have those shirts. I have not been to the Harvard campus. Never been to Brown. What's it like up there in Rhodey? I never saw that. It's just- All right. It's not uh, – I, I, if like, I went to Yale one weekend and Brown the next day. I wouldn't say it was very comparable. It's nice campus, but it's not like uh, – you're walking on Yale. You feel a little different. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's nice. I've, I've been to the Yale campus. It is. It's, uh, it's just tremendous. But I never made it. To you Brown. get the pizza? Uh, pizza when I'm in New Haven, of course. You have to. Yeah. There's no, no, no questions asked. Uh, some of the best pizza brick oven, which, oh, by the way, we talk about getting off on a tangent. Did you hear? And I don't know if it's coming to Philadelphia in New York. They're making all the pizza places that use brick ovens. Yeah. Get rid of them. Yeah. They're they trying have to, to yeah. be made yeah. up to scale for uh, green purposes that the, uh, <laughs> This is where John McMullen wins because he says everything's political. Yeah. When lost, we start talking we... about pizza being made as a yeah. political decision, please just go ahead and friggin' shoot me. Yeah, we've lost the plot as a society. Let's be honest. Terrible. We, re- we really have. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mike Gill, are you a gamer? A video gamer? I, yeah. I retired years ago. I, I used to, and then the game... Uh, for the Madden fans out there, 
the year that the Madden game made you turn the quarterback's head with the, <laughs> the little, I said, all right, this is too much for me. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I was never when I, I did played play, a lot in college though. Yeah. yeah. But. And when I was in college, I'd play every once in a while, but I wasn't good at it because I didn't play it. You know, the people that are good at it played it nonstop. Live it. <laughs> and they, yeah. And for me, it was up, down, left, right, ABC. Once it got past that, I'm like, that's oh, ridiculous. I have no interest in this. Not Here's the reason zero. why I bring it up. And the Madden ratings came out. That's exactly where I was going. You're right, Mike Hill. Um, and everybody gets their quote-unquote rating, and you're compared to other players and your position in the league, blah, 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 and everything else. And the entire Eagle team gets rating. And uh, – Lane Johnson got the number one rating, top rating, good for him. Uh, John McMullen's number one player on the Philadelphia Eagles because he's a better right tackle than anybody else. Not most important, best player at the position, Lane Johnson, number one for the Eagles. If you just uh, humor me for a second, I have a point to make. I'm going to go through this real quickly, okay? But pay attention to to the rating, the ranking within the Philadelphia Eagles. Lane Johnson, one, Jason Kelsey, two, Darius Slay, three, A.J. Brown, four, Hassan Reddick, five, Dallas Goddard, six, Devontae Smith, seven, Jalen Hurts, eight, Jordan Mylotta, nine, Josh Sweat, ten, James Bradbury, eleven, Landon Dickerson, twelve. That's a little low for Landon. Um, Fletcher Cox, thirteen, Jake Elliott, fourteen, Brandon Graham, fifteen, DeAndre Swift, uh, sixteen, Jalen Carter, seventeen, Jordan Davis. So, guys, one guy played, one guy hasn't played. 17, 18, Avante Maddox, 19, Rashad Penny, 20, Terrell Edmonds, 21, Kenny Gainwell, 22, Milton Williams, 23, Quez Watkins, 24, Brett Kern, Brett Brett Kern, baby, Brett Kern at number 25. Oh, it gets worse. Boston Scott, 26, Greedy Williams, 27, Nolan Smith, 28, Reed Blankenship, 29, Justin Evans, 21. Kayvon Wallace, 31. Sidney Brown, 32. Derek Barnett, 33. Alameda Zacchaeus, 34. Aaron Sipos, they got both friggin' punters on the list. Are you Kurt isn't even here anymore. What the F? And I haven't heard a linebacker's name yet. Number 36, Nicholas Morrow. Number 37, Nicobe Dean. You want to talk about being disrespected. John and yeah. I beat this to a drum. Uh, by the way, John, yeah. Disrespected. N'Kobe Dean is behind two punters, one of which isn't an eagle anymore, <laughs> one of which they're dying to cut, try and come up with a way to cut his ass, Aaron Sipos, and he's behind Nicholas Morrow. Holy smoke. Does N'Kobe Dean, is he going to get cut? As per Madden, he's not gonna make the team. He's the thirty-seventh best player on you the better, you better hope uh you better hope Madden is wrong. Yeah, that All one these fans you were going to die with it. As you're going through that list, I'm thinking, I haven't heard a linebacker's name, Dean, at all. Like, don't you have any anticipation that he might be just interesting as opposed to, like, you're ranked 37 out of a 53-man roster. Uh, You're essentially uninteresting and no anticipation for anything. I, I, you know, I thought you were going to ask me who sounds high. I was going to say, well, I think Slay is maybe a little – what was he, like the third or – I agree with that, yes. Yeah, yeah. That. But, uh, by yeah. the way, I got crapped on for putting Jalen at number five. Uh, I, I, hey, you can turn 
I, I don't know the list because I don't I'll give credit to OJ Spivey works for the Philadelphia Tribune. He he put up something on social media yesterday. He said, you've been kidnapped. Your kidnappers allow you to keep posting on social media to pretend everything is all right. What would you post that would alarm your followers uh, and, and, and let them know something is wrong? My answer was matting ratings are extremely important and meaningful. And anybody who knows me would know there'd be something wrong in that type of instance. These things are ridiculous and goopy. But that, but and I'm not even talking about the fan part of it. it the, the players care about this one. Yeah, they do. It's bizarre yeah. to me, Mike. Well, it yesterday, bizarre. This is how, like, these are akin to where you know, on the television screen that the Eagles have a 59% chance of winning the NFC East. It's August. It's not even August yet. How do you even have a percentage? How do you come up with this percentage? These are just randomized numbers. Yesterday, during the Sports Center update, Christine Lisi gave me Aaron Donald's Madden number. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, oh, by the way, and you can't get upset about it because – John McMullen and Ed Kratz came out with a top 25 list. Jody McDonald came out with a top 25 list. What makes us any more legitimate to come up with an opinion on where players ranked than the Madden game? Which, oh, I'll by the way, say, I'll, generates I'll, I'll, a hell of a lot more money than McDonald and McMullen put together. Yeah, but so, I'm not going down that route. I'll say this, Jody. I, I, You're right. They make a lot more money. I know a lot more than about the Philadelphia Eagles than these freaking Madden ratings. So if you want to, you don't have to pay attention to my list. There's 9 million other lists. But if you're putting anything on this stupid list, that's on you. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you got, it's like when I talk about film people, you know, there's everybody's got access to the film. If you got 99 bucks, you can buy Game Pass, you can get the coaches tape, and you got all these people who, think they're scouts breaking down film and all that stuff you know i said hey if you trust somebody and they earn your trust you know okay you know baldy would be a, a good example for me he's tremendous at it um otherwise who cares what joe from the northeast says about the film who cares what man says about i mean these people at least we're at practice every day at least we put it, we're, you know, boots on the ground. We see what's going on. We talk to the coaches. We talk to the scouts. We talk to the players. Yeah. I'm going to say I have a little more credibility than the matting rate. I'm not going there, Jody. But I'll also say, if you don't like it, don't pay attention to my list either. Who cares? Right. But as you noted and we've noted, the players themselves are – they. I, I'll go way out on a limb and say, John, none of the players come up to you this list this uh, this summer and go, McMullen, I can't believe you and Kratz had me at number 12 on the list. Oh, yeah. Oh, they may they may comment <laughs> on where they are on the Madden rating, yeah, but they're yeah. not going to sweat the McMullen, well, Kratz, McDonald rating at all. The, the one, the one, that's a societal thing. But, yeah, the players that know me will make fun you know they'll they'll give me a shot here and there but um yeah that's a societal thing 
uh, the players caring about this list. Uh, you know, if they want to care about something, and some do and some don't, uh, would be the PFF ratings uh, because they're relevant at least. Uh, and some do. Some get upset by that. Yeah, the fact that players, I mean, that's because they like video games. That's it. That's all that comes down to. Yeah, nobody wants to use themselves. What number is Nico? What's his overall ranking? That number 37, what was he? Like a 78? Uh, not even, not even close. 74? Uh, 71. 71. Ian, See, like now the Kobe Ian Nicholas Morrow dueling 71s Ooh. with Josiah Scott and Dan Arnold, two guys who may not make the team. Yeah, so like if you're Josiah Scott, I can understand because, or not Josiah, uh, Kobe Dean, you want to have fun playing with yourself. You know what I mean? Like he wants to be able to go out there and enjoy the fact that he's in the game. You can't enjoy the fact that you're in the game if you're a 71. He's no good. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Then I would say, hey, stop playing the game. Mike, Mike Gill, just be happy that this isn't radio because if it was radio, someone would have clipped the – he wants to have fun playing with himself. Yeah, I got you. I caught it as I head. said it. I said I got to change my my uh, f- the end part. I can't use that yeah. one again. It, it Dan, would be Andrew, cut replay that. over and over and that over and over from the uh, record. That'd be a good good drop. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, I uh, know you're down the shore guy, so you get a, a nice mixture of Eagle fans and Giant fans. Listen to your show, call your show, and the like. The Saquon Barkley thing came down the other day. Couldn't get a contract done. Uh, the Post was reporting that they were actually pretty darn close, but couldn't get it over the goal line and get a deal done. So he's got to play on the franchise tag or not at all. Uh, Willier won't he show up for preseason and the like. How big a minus for the Giants and a plus for everyone who's got to compete with him in the NFC East is it that the Giants and Barkley didn't get a deal done? I mean, you can make a strong argument that they were a playoff team based on the fact that Barkley was a, such a big part of their offense. Their quarterback, who got paid the big money, threw 15 touchdowns last year. Where are they making up the production? Now, we had a big conversation about this yesterday is, you know, these guys, they don't get paid. How important are they? Well, most of the reasoning is, well, you can just put another guy in there and the drop-off won't be all that big. What's the drop-off for the Giants? I think – <laughs> that's the big question for them. In their mind, do they feel that they can just plug the next guy in there and get 1,200 yards of, uh, you know, I'm, you're not going to get the same production. And, and are you going to get the same type of thing? I think if you take Barkley out of that offense, in the regular season, he was obviously huge. He had a big game against the Vikings, I think, in the playoffs. He didn't do anything against the Eagles. Um, so I, I think we're about to see this, really, because now these running backs are coming together. I think the biggest problem with this is – at wide receiver, you have a number one A guy, and there's only so many of them. They're, not everybody has that stud number one wide receiver, so they get paid because there's not a lot of them. The running back position, there are certain guys who are more talented, but what does that mean for the production? You know, if the second guy got the same production, is it such a drop-off that your team goes – Left to right, I think the Giants are about to find out um, if that happens, if he ends up not playing. And who is Saquon Barkley? I don't know what kind of guy he is. Is he the guy that wants to make an example of the league and say, hey, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to play under this. And I want to be the guy that changes the system. 
There's no indication of that. He said it is what it is. So I would imagine yeah. he's out there playing under I mean, whatever he, deal he is. Yeah, I'm like, he's going to play. I mean, what? Uh, it, and everybody points to Le'Veon Bell. If anything, Le'Veon Bell showed the other guys, you better play. Right. Because, and he admits now he made a big mistake. Yeah. Well, Bell tried um, to get paid as a wide receiver, as I remember. He wanted to say he, he should get paid well, like he, a wide he, receiver. He, he was saying he was more than a running back, and he was right. a tremendous receiver and all that kind of stuff. Nobody was biting, obviously. Um, in in the case of Saquon, I, I think it's pretty simple. He's going to take the summer off. He's going to come in before week one, and he's going to play. So, I mean, it's not going to affect the Giants other than – you know, the lame duck nature of it, uh, but that's not as important. That's imp- I always talk about lame ducks. If you have a lame duck coach or quarterback, you're in trouble because people know what that signals. Um, other positions, it happens all the time. It's not that big of a deal. And he's a good running back, and he's the best player on their offense by, I would say, a significant margin. Um, so it'll be the same. He just gets a couple more weeks off. And the Giants got to pay him whatever the whatever it is ten ten and a half million whatever it is. Anybody think he's really going to hold out in the season? You guys? No, no. But I think Jody, your question about you know if he doesn't come into training camp and and, and all that stuff, what does that mean? You know, we always think about that. These guys, do you need the preseason games? Do you need to even be at training camp? Is training camp too long? Uh, can these guys just waltz in now? and play with one week of practice and get ready for the first game. You know, um, years ago, you would never even think of something like that. Now, it probably the guy walks right in and gets 15 carries his first game, and he's off and running. So uh, this will, I think this is really kind of going to be the start of what happens next starts with this group here. Because you got three guys, Pollard, Jacobs, and Barkley, and Jacobs and um, – Jake, the top three rushers in the league last year, Henry number two, and I think Barkley number three. He might have been number four. None of them made the – no, Barkley made the – the top three running backs in the league didn't make the playoffs last year. So I guess the teams are saying, these guys are running for 1,500 yards, not helping us make the playoffs. So this is going to be an interesting stare down uh, with what happens next. you got people, you know – Saying that they got to do something for the running backs. This isn't fair. We talked about what yesterday. Is, what does that mean, by the way, Mike? What is that? What? 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 What do people mean when they say, "Oh, you got to And the hypocrisy of certain. And I'm not going to name names, but people in the media. I mean, why do people think running backs don't get paid? Because they don't. But there's nothing you can do. I think to answer your question, John. I think you're. What are you going to do? It's nice to point out that it looks like these guys are getting squeezed. The solution is what? Yeah, exactly. And some of the solutions I've heard suggested have no chance whatsoever of happening. We can acknowledge that, yeah, unfortunately, the mindset of all 32 teams, not a handful of teams, not one team, all 32 teams is, yeah, in a capped world, running backs just aren't going to get but paid. It, it, here's, where, here's where, and I'll throw this out to both of you guys. Here's where I think people get lost in the sauce, so to speak. They're not going back far enough to the root of the problem. The root of the problem is running backs aren't as important as they once were when we were talking about Emmett Smith earlier. They were really stinking important in the Emmett Smith era. Why are they not important now? Because the game has changed. 
Why is the game changed? Because they changed the rules. rules. Yeah. Why have they changed the rules? The safety dogma. It all comes down to that. Unless they're willing to stipulate that this is a violent game, and if you want to play it, um, it's a violent game, and there could be some repercussions down the road, but they've gone this middle ground. No, we can make the game safer. If you make the game safer, and they have to a certain degree, although you can't remove all the violence, you have what you have. You have the watered-down product, the less physicality, and if you're doing that, it's easier to throw the football. It becomes easier. They don't go back to the root of the problem. The root of the problem, if you want running backs to get paid again, you got to play old school football. And the only way you can play old school football is if you change the rules and you turn back the clock. And that ain't happening. So it is well, what there it are is. Certain, like, for, for instance, one, it is what there it are. is. There are teams, though, like Tennessee. I mean, Derrick Henry, they hand him the ball like it's 1995. Um, Josh Jacobs runs the ball. Like, even Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders fits fifth in the league in rushing. Can you imagine a time growing up where the fifth leading rusher in the league didn't even get a sniff from his own team? And they just said, eh, see you later. I mean, it, just, it is the most money on the open market. Miles, and that's yes. nothing. Now, but the, the 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 trade off was the Eagles said we had the fifth leading rusher in the league, but I just saw a tweet today. They're paying their running backs six million dollars. Yeah. The, the whole room is making six million dollars. You had the fifth best guy in the league, and you showed no value to him being the fifth best guy because. In your mind, I could bring in three guys and they could do the same work for way less money. And I think, you know, because Jody, you're mentioning, um, you know, all 32 teams. Well, the problem was two teams that, that have come to my mind, Tennessee and Dallas, both paid their running backs and then got destroyed for it. Uh, Dallas gave Zeke Elliott that contract and then it blew up in their face because they couldn't do anything else. They were tied to him. And Derrick Henry, to some extent, has made a lot of money. And they've had to let a lot of other guys go because they paid him so much money. So I think that's where teams say, even if I let Derrick Henry go, can I find another guy? And I was looking through their running games yesterday. You know, Henry got hurt in 2021. And Donta Foreman went in and ran for 131 yards in one game in, in replacing him. So some of these guys, you just plug. Look at Dalvin Cook. Is he a better player than Alexander Madison? Absolutely. But the Vikings figure... We could still get production from Madison. We don't have to pay him nearly as much. Right, but John told me in the first segment of the show today, the Vikings aren't very good. Part of that is because they're going to run Madison rather than uh, Dalvin Cook. So uh, it all comes down to your opinion on how you construct your team and how important running is. And I'm with you in that I really don't think it's that big a deal for the Giants because I think Saquon's going to play. He's going to show yeah. up, like John said, yeah. the week before the season starts. He's a veteran. They're not making changes in New York. Same coaching staff, the uh, same quarterback. It's going to be relatively the same offense with a tweak here and there. He'll get up to speed. He'll be ready to go week one. Uh, if you're an Eagle fan who thinks that, oh, we and oh, by the way, the Eagles and the Giants don't play till the last three weeks of the season, so it doesn't yeah. much matter. Uh, the Giants are going to be what they're going to be. Uh, I think that uh, the holdout or however this is going to shake out is going to have next to no effect on the Giants whatsoever. 
Yeah, yeah. I would say the Eagles play the Giants the last week of the year, and then the sec the third to last week of the year. So whatever effect it has, it won't affect their two no. matchups at all. You would think. Uh, no, if he's healthy, he'll be playing by that point of the season, obviously. But you know, the Eagles have dominated the Giants with Saquon Barkley, so I wouldn't be too concerned from their perspective. Um, at Mike Gill Show, make sure uh, you follow Mike on Twitter. Are you on Threads yet? I haven't asked people that. Uh, threads, no thread, uh, no. the new social media sensation. We'll see if that takes off. Probably not. No threads. At Mike Gill Show. Sports. I'm actually fashion. off today. I'm actually off the rest of the week. So. All right. Nice. To, and and he's still doing it uh, for us. So we appreciate it, Mike, and your fans, because you've become very popular on this show. And everybody's got to see the T-shirt. Show it one more time. We got uh, some pen love. Go to a local flavor, University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Do you ever say you were a graduate of the Wharton School no, of Business? No, <laughs> I, I didn't. I have not. Um, but, you know, I get I have a variety of T-shirts, so I get asked a bunch about the shirts. So, um, yeah, any campus. I've, I actually... I just went to Knoxville, to the University of Tennessee. Well, everything down there is like bright creamsicle orange. Yeah. So I have yeah. this bright ass orange Tennessee polo, and I'm I'm having a tough time, like uh, mentally rocking that thing all around town. But you know, I did tried. You to pick to, up the- did you have to give up any wins because you were rocking that uh, Tennessee? You know, you're number one. In, in drive time in South Jersey, did you have to give that up because you were wearing the Tennessee? Uh, they had to give up. How many wins did they have to give up, Jody? Um, like two years worth. Two years there. worth of wins. Is there anything dumber in sports? This is a tangent, but I got to get both your thoughts. We already saw the games. Yes. When college, they take away wins afterwards. Yeah. And where do they officially take them away? Yeah, I was always. A, go? I got it right. If you could see, if I could swing my camera, I could show you. I got the baseball encyclopedia the closet on my bookshelf there. Yeah. So yeah. something tangible you could look up in. If they could take it, where do you lose the win? Where do no, they, they go? Do, Jody, do you acknowledge the fact that you didn't win those freaking games? It's not even written down anywhere. Jody, they do take in the media guides, like in the Tennessee media guide, they will take them away. And it's just so, it bothers me to no end. And then it screws up with records and all that kind of stuff. Like Joe Pa, his wins, they took away win. We already saw, they took away Reggie Bush's Heisman. I saw him win the Heisman. You can't take it away. There's video evidence. There's video evidence of him winning that Heisman and all of those games. No, I did not lose any, uh, any wins in my time in Tennessee. Um, there would have to be a capable challenger, which hasn't happened. So that's why we're yeah. number one. We All have no right there, a little braggadocious. I like that. Well, Should we don't have any challenge. There's no other, there's no competition. There's no competitive. Uh, we don't have like well, that. Well, there's patient. other there's other formats that, that are competition. True. So yes. You can look at it that way. The but, music uh, uh, stations, they just they they're playing the same song over and over again. So yeah. at least I'm saying something a little different. All right. All right. Generally. You got to end it on the Eagles. I can't. I went off on the tangent. So I'll say this. The coaching staff, uh, Elliot, Elliot Shore Parks, taking the heat. Thank him. I'll thank him publicly. He's taking the heat off me. Said the Eagles lost two elite coordinators. He's getting killed for obvious reasons. Jeez. Um, You know, I think they lost two very good coordinators, and I think people are overlooking it. Uh, and obviously, you know, 
I'm going to get shat upon too for that. But uh, uh, your thoughts on the coordinators, everybody just assuming. Um, the, the ironic part to me is, Mike, they've been through it. You know, Andy, Doug Peterson, it affects teams when you lose good coaches. Yeah, Andy got hit big time. You know, the Eagles had that run, and then everybody started to, you know, slowly take one here, one there, one there, one there, to where the team was almost unrecognizable on the sideline. Now look at all the guys. Some of them are still coaching. Harbaugh, McDermott. You had um, uh, the, the – Ron Rivera was on that staff. Uh, yes. So you had a bunch so of guys. Um, yeah. Brad Childress, um, you know – uh, Leslie Frazier, Leslie Frazier. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a bunch of guys that were head coaching material that ended up leaving. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not a John Gannon hater by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, I can see, listen, you might not have liked certain things. There's going to be things about the next guy you don't like. Look at, you know, you can go to the basketball team. You hated Brett Brown. They brought in a guy who won a championship. You hated that guy too. You know, there's always going to be something <laughs> that you don't like about the guy who's coaching. What you did like about John Gannon was they led the league in sacks by a large margin, and I've said it on this show many times. Every single player on that roster last year had their best NFL season they ever had playing in that defense. Are they going to have the best season they ever had playing in this defense? And if they do, then this defense should be pretty darn good. If they don't, you might be saying, man, this Desai guy stinks too. And – We will never appreciate anybody unless they're perfect. Fans, I don't mind John Gannon. Why? Because I saw plenty of production from the players. Did they have moments where they didn't make adjustments or they got beat? Yes. You know what? It happens to every team in the league, including the team that won the Super Bowl, who gave up a 35-burger in the Super Bowl. Their defense wasn't great either, but you don't care because they ended up with the win. Yeah. The one thing I give Sirianni credit for, uh, and compared to the team that won that last game of the season and the guy they're coached by, he didn't take his best positional coach offensive line and try and make him the defensive coordinator. Andy yeah. Reid did go down that Ron road. was on point. that staff. By the way, uh, names we missed, David Culley became a head coach, Pat Shermer. Became a, uh, became a head coach. Steve, we miss Spag, Steve Spagnolo. Uh, right. You said Childress. Unbelievable. You know, and then that doesn't even bring up Jim Johnson, who didn't want to be a head coach, yeah. and Rod Dad, Dowhauer, who was a head coach previously. Uh, he was uh, uh, the offensive I started player. with Shermer, but then I thought he was with – I forgot he was with both Andy and Chip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was on that 99 staff. Yeah, Pat Shermer. Never forget, Pat Shermer, undefeated Philadelphia Eagle head coach. Yes. You, you know what, forget. too? I I actually was advocating that year to just hire Shermer because he had a relationship with the quarterback because I didn't like any of the candidates out there. I wasn't enthralled with some of the guys they were interviewing at the time and just said, you know, he won the two games. Who was the quarterback at the time? For um, was, was it Vic? What year are we talking about? I was uh, I was looking up something. Uh, when Shermer, oh no, he took over for for Chip. Yeah, right. so they hired Doug before, Peterson before Doug got the gig. Yeah. yeah. So who was the quarterback? Sam Bradford. Yeah, maybe. No, Bradford. I think Bradford had been no because well, it might have been because they traded Bradford. 
before that season, actually. Right. No, they traded Bradford before the next season, and they drafted Wentz. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bradford was the QB. Uh, Sam wasn't I, happy. And I think uh, whoever was the quarterback the last two weeks of the season, they looked like, you know, hey, the offense was somewhat. And I said, you know what? You have some continuity here. Maybe just kind of roll forward. That Only because, as John it might have been Nick. Before, that was the year before I got to the – it might have been Nick. Was it Nick? I don't know. Uh, you luckily, had, uh, the Eagles didn't listen to Mike uh, Gill because – we saw Pat Shermer as a head coach. That well, he would have been no worse than um, some of the guys they actually wanted, which was uh, the guy from the Giants. Uh, now he's a, he's another guy. He's he's a really good coordinator. He was a really good offensive coordinator, but not a very not good a head, head coach. coach. There's yeah. a lot of those. All right, Mister Gill. Just a reminder: if you're wearing orange. Hold off till Halloween. If you've got this burnt orange, you're dying to yeah. get out there and you just don't know when you want to. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Put it out. Halloween is a great time. Save it till the end of October. Yes. You will grab everybody. And then stand strong. Don't give up your wins, Mike, no matter what. If they try Never. to take them away. Don't give Never. them up. MG, thanks, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Mike. Mike Gill here with us on Birds 365. All right. Uh, we'll come back. We got a good guest for hour number two as well. Um, kind of following up what we talked about with Gil, but a little bit more league widespread. Our pal Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus and contributing for over the cap for Pro Football Focus. He is their cap guru. How do John and I both kind of questioned it when we had Mike on? How do you think if you believe that running backs are somehow being unfairly treated in a national football league and there's three players that didn't get their contract done and have to plan a tag and they're all at the same position and they're uh, some of the best in the national football league. How do you fix it? Or should you even bother fixing it? That's something we're talking about Brad Spielberg about. We will uh, get into that. Brad's going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. John McMullen and Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Thanks for streaming in. Hey, while you're at it, hit that like button. Give your boys a little bit of love. Help us out with our algorithm. Like, share, and subscribe, Birds 365, because you know you're going to be here during the season. Maybe you drop in and out, pop in, pop out during the offseason, see what the guys have to say. Uh, when the Eagle camp opens up, then you'll get more dedicated to being here every single morning. Uh, help us out. Give us a little like before the season gets underway. Johnny Mac, I got a couple of quarterback questions for you before we punch up Brad Spielberger. We're going to talk running backs with him. Um, one of your guys, you got a bunch of guys, you and Ed Kratz are the main Eagle writers for Sports Illustrated, but you have a bunch of guys do other stuff on the Eagle SI page. David Harrison, do you know David at all? Or um, I I do not know David. Full disclosure: there is a uh, bunch of writers that handle sort of, you know, um, I call it aggregation the aggregation stuff he would be one of those um so yeah i do not know i i didn't think you did nor do i um but he had an interesting article today one i don't agree with but it was interesting just the same um questioning the possibility that the pressure of being the nfc champions the quest to get back to the super bowl for the philadelphia eagles might have an effect on Jalen Hurts this year, that Jalen is still a developing quarterback. He hasn't been doing it for years. He had that major step up from his first year as a starter to his second year. I'd say borderline unprecedented, a guy making the kind of jump that Jalen did last year. Can you do that coming back with added expectations of going back to a Super Bowl? Uh, Again, as you said, he's one of the aggregate guys, not like you and Ed Kratz who are there every single day whatsoever. I see that as just taking certain facts and applying them to a possible outcome without really looking at who you're writing about. This Jalen Hurts we're talking about. This is one of the yeah. most mature Well, that's com- why, you know, that's part of the problem of the industry as a whole, to be honest. And it isn't David's fault. It isn't, you know, the consumer values this stuff. That's why. And I can speak about this, um, you know, concretely. I mean, 
SI is a pretty big sports entity still, even though maybe it wasn't what it was in its apex. And, you know, they, they want constant updates, you know, and that's where the other writers come in. It's like constant. Okay. So-and-so said something on the Dan Patrick show, write about it from an Eagle slant. And I don't, time to do that um you know when you're a beat rate you don't have time to do that so it's you know it's a nice little setup that they've come up with but yeah i mean that's what you get so i don't know how many sites david writes for he's not only writing for eagles uh eagles today on si he's writing for other places as well and then you get the yeah, they don't know the specific situation of, of teams. I wish consumers valued it more and understood the value of, of beat writers and understood the value of people who are there every day and put more credence into the people that are there every day. But we just talked about it with the Manning ratings. They don't. I can't help that. Now, some do. Not everybody. I get in trouble because I, you know, don't make those clarifications sometimes. Some understand it, some don't. And yeah, if you're not covering the Philadelphia Eagles on a daily basis, and forget about me, you know, it could be Jeff McLean or EJ Smith or Zach Berman or all the people we have on the show, David Zangaro, uh, Jimmy Kemsky, these are the guys that are there every, every day. single day. They know what's going on with this team. Um, the other guys, they don't know, Jody. They do not know. They don't, and I'm okay with it. Like you said, John, every outlet wants more content. Give the people what they want. Uh, just compile it and get it out there. And uh, that's fine. And David Harrison's got just as much of a right to his opinion. As oh, sure. Or John McMullen or anybody else for that matter. But when you get it wrong, I'm sorry. I feel the need to call you on the carpet. And I question the reason that you got it wrong because, yeah, you're not there every single day. But it isn't like this is some well-kept Philadelphia secret. Jalen Hurts is about as cool as a cucumber, that he doesn't allow pressure to get to him. The owner's on record is saying the most mature 24-year-old he's ever met. Uh, this isn't like an undercover story that you need to unearth. Everybody knows is about Jalen Hurts. Now, if he chokes on the pressure this year, I'm going to have to eat some pretty good crow here, but I don't care. I don't believe that's happening. If Jalen Hurts doesn't have as good a season as most people think he's going to have, it's not going to be because he wilted under the pressure. He was the starting quarterback at Alabama as a freshman. He got replaced. He got his job back. He went to Oklahoma where all they do is produce Heisman Trophy quarterbacks. And he had a great year there with the runner-up for the Heisman. He comes in. He was a second-round draft pick that too many people rolled their eyes about. He steps in and has to start at the end of the season or a place. What test hasn't this kid passed? 
He's passed every single test he's ever taken. Why would David Harrison on Mars? Sorry to call you on the carpet, but why would you go down that road and say, uh, Ooh, you know, I call it, I call it, you know, when somebody has a breakthrough anywhere in the NFL and they come out of sort of nowhere and then the expectations rise, I call it a template story. Um, you know, you can write it about anybody in that circumstance, including Jalen Hurts. <clears throat> and that's what people do. I mean, you know, but guys who are around the Eagles all the time, that might be a bigger issue. Like if CJ came back, you know, after leading the league and in, in, in interceptions and having a breakthrough year, it might mention all the guys who had career years uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, it's probably more relevant with players like that than Jalen. But yeah, I don't think everybody knows Jalen. I mean, it, it, because if you're paying attention to 32 teams, you don't have to pay attention to the, the minutia of one team. And that's, it's difficult. It's difficult. So let me get you on the record for this. And certainly you can change your mind. I'll change my mind before the season starts. And we can even debate as to how one would judge a comp. Last year, Jalen Hurts, 3,700 yards, missed two games because of injury. We know that. 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, only six interceptions. Then you tack on his running, which is a massive part of his game. 760 yards running, uh, 13 rushing touchdowns. Now you add the postseason onto that. 18 rushing touchdowns, the most rushing touchdowns by any quarterback ever in the history of the National Football League. So we know Jalen Hurts had the season he had, which includes getting the team to a Super Bowl, but not winning it by this much uh, at the end. Jalen Hurts having a better season this year that there's room to actually step up and be more productive or Jalen Hurts regressing to the mean, use whatever phrase you want to, coming back down to earth a little bit. Which one is more likely, John? If, if the exact well, I need a, I need a definition. Statistically, I think he might go backward a little bit. Um, yeah, I think ultimately he could go back statistically and be a better quarterback, um, which I think, you know, is that esoteric thing that <laughs> is real, but I don't think a lot of people recognize. What what by that I mean, I, I don't think the Eagles are going to be as good uh, for reasons that don't have a lot to do with Jalen Hurts, the coaches, the seven starters uh, coming off the Super Bowl. Uh, he's going to have a part in all of this, obviously. Uh, but I don't think they're going to, you know, if he starts 15 games, I don't think they're going to go 14 and one in, in those 15 games. Um, it's really difficult to go 14 and one. Uh, they have a more difficult schedule. Um, I think games are going to be closer. So when people talk about statistics, if that's the only um, standard, I think the passing yards are going to go up. I think the rushing yards are going to go down. Now, most people would say that's because they're trying to protect Jalen Hurts. I think that's because they're going to be passing more because the games are going to be closer in the fourth quarter. Um and, and they're going to need to pass more. If you pass more, um, 
the touchdowns are probably going to go up, the passing touchdowns, maybe the running touchdowns go down a little bit. Um, probably the interceptions are going to go up a little bit, but I always think Jalen's going to take care of the football better than most quarterbacks. Um, but you know, you have tip balls, uh, you know, maybe a defensive end gets a hand, gets a finger on a football bang. It's going the other way. Um, the more times you throw it, the more opportunities for something to go wrong. So stuff like that. I think he's going to be a better quarterback. Is he going to have the statistical season he had last year? That's going to be tough to reach. Let me ask you to define that. If not using statistics, how would you define he's going to be a better quarterback? Um, He makes better decisions. He processes better. He gets to the right play. He gets the Eagles out of a wrong play. This is the stuff that, you know, obviously Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff is going to be valued. Uh, value more than the general public who's going to default to the statistics. Um, and that's why I say in the best of a bad lot, because it's about, I always tell you, you're a bigger fan of passer rating. Than I am. I think it's a bad stat. Um, but the best in a bad world, you got to look at the advanced numbers, the pro football numbers, football outsiders, unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. Or, or I think it does, but the relevant guys have left. Um, so, I mean, is he going to be better in his PFF ranking, which is the best we have? I mean, there's a lot of holes in it, but it's the best we have. Um, and if he's better in that, you know, that would indicate improvement for me. That would indicate improvement. Speaking of PFF. Pro Football Focus. We're going to have a Pro Football Focus guy joining us. Coming up next, that would be Brad Spielberg. Brad's main driving force is cap-related and finances and the like, but I uh, certainly uh, put Brad's opinion up there on just the ability to analyze and uh, scout and uh, put players in rankings and the like at at all positions as well. So we'll ask him not only about, I said, I want to get Brad on to talk about the running backs and how the finances are going to play going forward. But we talk about Jalen Hurts and where he ranked this season on PFF, where he could rank next season in PFF, um, because it is a fun uh, conversation to have. And you can't definitively say one way or the other because some subjectivity comes into it as to how do you decide whether Jalen Hurts is better this upcoming year than he was last year or worse this upcoming year than he was last year. Uh, That's something we're going to discuss with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com. He joins us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. 
but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. I look up no Brad Spielberger yet. I just texted him. Uh, hasn't gotten back to me yet. Uh, I asked him yesterday if he wanted to come on the show. He said he'd love to. Uh, but we haven't been able to establish our connection with him yet. So when uh, he does check in, uh, we'll certainly be punching Brad up. I, I did say to you, Mac, before we went to break, that uh, had a couple of quarterbacks that I wanted to ask you about, Jalen Hurts being one of them. The supposition that the pressure could get to Jalen Hurts this upcoming year. And that's yeah, I'm not buying that one. Yeah. I'm not buying that one. No, nor am I. Um, but another quarterback who I saw a uh, quote from yesterday, which I had to laugh about, was Dak Prescott. Uh, and he, of course, very relevant for Eagles fans because the Eagles have to play him twice this year. And most people suggest that if the Eagles aren't going to win the division or have the best record in the NFC, it could be the Cowboys who do. I'm not as high on the Cowboys heading into the year as some people are. They're good. I, I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to go 8-9. No, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think they will keep the Eagles, uh, stay close to the Eagles throughout the season, which will keep the Eagles driving, which may give them a chance to win uh, 13 games again this year. Um, but Dak Prescott said earlier in the week, I won't be throwing double-digit interceptions again this year. I'm not throwing 10 interceptions which last year he threw 15 interceptions, and that was with missing five games, the most in the entire National Football League, most INTs, despite the fact that he missed five games. So he kind of uh, predicted that he will not be as bad as he was last year when it comes to INTs. 
And then he went back and he tried to walk it back by saying that wasn't what he said or the way that it was interpreted wasn't what he meant. He then said that he won't have tipped ball interceptions this year. That that's why he's not going to throw 10 nine. When you go there, aren't you throwing your wide receivers under the bus, Johnny Mac? That I uh, threw maybe. them and they got and tipped. Now, and that's why they were eventually picked off. And it wasn't necessarily a bad throw by me, Dak Prescott. He's he doing his wide receivers dirty. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it could be tipped, though, at the line of scrimmage. He might be doing himself dirty. I mean, he, 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 you know, that was a career high for him. I, I think the Cowboys clarified it. So somebody might have misquoted him. But I'm not positive. I just saw... Um, uh, a little bit of story uh, from that perspective. I I, I don't think he's going to throw 15 again because, you know, he had a 13 interception season in his second year and then he came down. Um, so I think just, you know, he's going to tighten it up a little bit and be a little bit better. Um, you know, big news coming out just a couple minutes ago, Adam Schefter saying Zach Martin might not show up for camp because he's not happy with his contract. Now yeah. that might help the Eagles. That might help the Eagles, but uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't count on Dak throwing 15 interceptions. Just because yeah, I, I think you could be darn close to it again. Um, yeah, not maybe not 15, but he said under 10. Uh, I'll set the number for you. Johnny Mac says he's not throwing double. Nine and a half INTs. Dak Prescott this year, under over. Which way are you going? I'm going under because I think he's going to okay. focus on it. Right. I will go over. Uh, I see Brad Spielberg in our um, guest slot, and he now joins us here on Birds 365. Good to have you, Brad. Dak Prescott, nine and a half interceptions this year, under over. Which way are you going, Spielberg? I'll lean under. You know, he has an interception rate of 2%. It's bottom 10 in the history of the NFL. So, uh, you know, his number was super yeah. high last year. I get that. Yeah. But he is yeah. actually one of the least interception-throwing quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. I think it'll be a correction. And he's focused on it, too. So I think he'll be more cognizant. And as Brad points out, he doesn't have a history of throwing a ton of interceptions. So I think that was a little bit out of character. Um Unless the descent has started and he's 30, I don't think we're going to see this massive fall off a cliff. But Eagles fans, no doubt, are hopeful to see it, Brad. Uh, I mentioned Zach Martin. What can you tell us about Zach Martin as it relates to the, the rest of the NFL in the guard market? Because, you know, this is a first ballot Hall of Fame player, so. He yeah, I just saw that top. come through. You know, the interesting thing there is, and yeah, he is a no doubt first ballot. I think he's been the best guard in the NFL for the last, I don't know, five, six years in a row. Um, is, is that when he signed his deal, there were a couple deals in his range, but basically he was at the top of the market for a long time. Now that the guard market has broken through, you have two guys making 20 million plus per year. I think he's sitting around at 14 or something like that. I think now it makes a whole lot of sense that he's saying, look, I only have a couple earning years left. I'm still playing at the peak of my ability. Now is the time to strike because that market has kind of skyrocketed. He has every right to ask for more money, and the Cowboys would be smart to give it to him. And different teams handle that situation differently. Some go, hey, you signed a contract, you signed a contract. We, we both signed, we signed off on good faith, and we expect you to honor it. And other teams will go the 
yeah, you know, compared to the rest of the league, we want a happy guy here. We got to admit he's outplayed the deal that we had. Where do the Cowboys fall into that mix? Are they a team more likely to go, hey, a deal's a deal, or are they more likely to go, yeah, let's sit down and see if we can compromise this out? They are definitely in the first bucket more likely to say a deal's a deal, but I do think they would understand the situation here where, you know, they've actually gotten some concessions from players like Demarcus Lawrence gave them a restructured, reworked deal that paid him less money and, you know, because he missed a little time with injury, things like that. So I think when you establish relationships where you're honest with each other, you go back and forth and say, you know, maybe we'll pay you less, we'll pay you more, whatever. Um, Here, I think they're smart enough to realize they have to do it. They're still not spending a ton of cash. I don't think they're going to extend C.D. Lamb this offseason. Maybe Trevon Diggs, a corner, gets a new deal. But, but yeah, I think they would be dumb to not do it. I, I, he could have asked for this two offseasons ago, frankly. All right, running backs, Brad, let's get to it. I mean, what the heck are they trying to accomplish? I mean, I, hey, I feel for them, uh, empathy for uh, their sort of lot in this league, but I don't know how complaining on social media affects supply and demand. I mean – nobody in the media is saying don't well plenty of people do but i think you saw austin eckler and derrick henry and they came together and said look this kind of crap devalues our position as a whole nobody's listening to us when it comes to gms in this league they're looking at the value of particular players in the modern game and they've come to the conclusion that this position is not as valuable as others how do you fix that? Yeah, I think it is one of the, the dumbest narratives that analytics nerds or whatever are the cause for this. It couldn't be further from the truth. Um, you know, apparently we, we know nothing, and we, and we and we but then we're also influencing how the the GMs play an entire <laughs> position, right? So, um, look, I mean, you look in 2011, Adrian Peterson signed a deal for 14 million dollars a year. Chris Johnson signed a deal for about 13 and a half million dollars a year 12 years ago, and now. Guys aren't touching those numbers. And, and it's because, yeah, the, the, the shelf life of the position is by 27, 28 years old. You are probably declining and oftentimes declining at a fairly rapid rate. So, you know, the, the NIL money is a good thing. And honestly, because that is prime earning years for running back. So hopefully B. John Robinson made a whole bunch of money at Texas <laughs> last year. And then, you know, if you want to shorten rookie contracts – and, and people keep saying only for running backs. You have to shorten it for everybody because if you only shortened it for running backs, teams wouldn't draft running backs that early. Um, so that would be one. You used to be able to get extended after two years. Now it's after three years. And then lastly, obviously this is very niche for a couple players, but for these franchise tag guys, there is a provision in the CBA that says you have to have a good faith negotiation. It's super vague. You can easily get around it. I'm sure it's never been enforced in the history of the league. I think you make it a little bit more specific with franchise tags and say, in my opinion, what it should say or something like this is you must submit a multi-year offer that contains in full guaranteed money two franchise tags, right? Because that is what you're working off of. You're saying we can tag you twice and let you go. You know, we don't have to pay you. So for Saquon Barkley, for instance, you know, it's a $22.2 million fully guaranteed, which would have been near the top of the market. I think would have been a, a relatively fair number to work off of. Say this must be fully guaranteed in a multi-year offer, um, you know, some, something like that. But otherwise, it's it's as bleak as it can possibly be. Right. And your suggestion that you just put out there, I like it. Sounds good. Sounds fair to me. We're seven years to go before the next CBA. They can't put it in for seven years. So much crap could have changed between now and seven years. 
you don't think there's any chance that both sides go, hey, let's talk this out. Let's do an in-collective bargaining agreement negotiation to take care of our running back. You don't think there's any chance of that actually happening, do you? Not really. That's the thing is, is people are saying, oh, they should unionize just their position. Like, guys, they can't even agree. <laughs> the high earners versus the low earner, yeah. earners can't agree on a CBA. That's why they got killed last time um, and get killed most of the time. Is It's just there are so differing interests in the collective bargaining unit that is the players. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very, very difficult problem to solve. Yeah. And obviously, the players that do get um, significant money, starting with the quarterbacks, uh, I mean, when you do have a cap league, even though it's very malleable, uh, there is a trickle down effect. So obviously the more money quarterbacks get, the less money for everybody else. And those guys aren't going to be in line saying, no, we should take a little bit less to help out. Now, some will over the years. We know some guys go for um, the best contract. We see it every year at any position and others will take a t- they might want to go to Florida for the tax situation or Texas. Um, they might want to win ring chase later in their career and take a, a little bit of less money. It's always about the individual, but bottom line is I don't know how you fix supply and demand, Brad. I mean, there there's an oversupply of running backs and the demand's not there. And that's what it comes out. I don't know how you fix that. Right. I know it's yeah. <laughs> it's that simple. No, I'm with you. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> yeah. It, it's crazy. And the fact that Austin Eckler, I saw it was Eckler, um, Derek Henry, and there might have been one other. Najee and Harris, I, I think. Uh yeah. And I kind of picked on Matt Miller's a draft guy, and Matt put out a tweet that we basically we've all said. I if I were an NFL GM, I would draft a running back. If he was really good, I would franchise him uh, and then probably draft another running back and start the cycle over again, because that makes sense from a financial perspective. Um, Pointing out it is dehumanizing. That's one thing people have pointed out, which I agree with. But that's what makes GM jobs difficult. Like, we don't have to deal with that. You and I, as a reporter, you as a cap analyst, you don't have to deal with that human aspect. GMs have to deal with that. That's what makes the job tough. But, man, I mean, guys get cut. They get traded. Is this new to people? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's tough, right, too, because I think the, the position's so, you know, at the focal point, we see them carry the ball so often, they get hit so often. Like, there's such a you know, weird dichotomy between their, their lack of value and then the trend of that going down more and more, but also the fact that they're, they're still kind of faces of franchises a lot of the times, or they're a guy you're going to hear a lot about and, and talk a lot about. So it, it is funny though, like guys getting mad at, at Matt Miller's tweet when get mad at the people making the decisions, not a guy who's just tweeting what the decision is, but you know, I, I, I get their frustration. I guess I shouldn't tell them how to go about it. it, it it's, it's tough times, but uh, see if you align with me on this. When all this stuff got in the leading up to nego- not getting any of the deals done, all three have to live on the franchise tag this year. I said, you know, this puts pressure on above and beyond those three players. B. John Robinson. Because somebody's got to go above and beyond. If you want to see a market correction, a course correction, somebody's got to force feed that, which means you have to have a player that just 
is better than everybody. And he has to get paid. And he is a guy that they'll actually say, we're going to run the football more than any other average NFL team because we've got the best one doing it. Does Bijan know that? Do you think going into this year that he was taken higher than a running back? has been taken a long time. Again, Jordy McDonald's comments, uh, Brad Spielberger's comments. He's a once every five year back. He's a once every 10 year back. It's out there. It doesn't really mean anything or prove anything, but people talked about Bijan that way before the draft. How much pressure is on this young man his rookie season? Yeah, it's crazy because it, you're dead on. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is eligible for an extension this offseason. I think he needs to get something done. Otherwise, it literally comes down to Bijan, who has yet to play an NFL snap, is the next big name because, you know, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, like just they're not going to get there. So, um, yeah, he already has – he's already carrying the weight of the running back market on his shoulders, and he hasn't played a snap yet. But like you said, Atlanta is going to lead the NFL in rushes probably by a comfortable margin – so they'll, he'll have the opportunity, but again, is that a bad thing? Are they going to use that against him and say, oh, you know, you, a lot of wear and tear, yada, yada. Wear and tear on the tires. Oh, you know yeah, that's exactly. coming out, Brad. Yeah, so good luck to him. <laughs> uh, Brad, I, I know we talked about in the past, um, Jalen Hurts' contract, his extension. Um, but I don't think I asked you what you think personally of the structure of the contract, because it is unique um, compared to most and what you think the positives are for the Eagles and the negatives, they tend to be ahead of the curve on this kind of stuff, but I don't know if we're going to see people copying the structure or maybe we will. What do you, what do you, what's your sort of personal assessment of that contract? Yeah. So there were certainly were positives and negatives. Um, you know, the cash flows year to year are a little bit lower in the early years, which is really what's going to enable them to spend more and, and keep talent, which they obviously did throughout the offseason and also maybe pick their spots to add some talent as well. You know, the low cap hits that everyone talked about obviously helps in that regard as well. But I think it's a massive, massive risk to do just basically an option bonus in every single season and, and pre prorate a lot of this money, you know, it, we saw with Carson Wentz the, the 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 disaster outcome of that approach, where you have so much prorated money, and and there's a sunk cost component associated with it that you can't really get out of. So, I don't think Hurts going to fall off a cliff or anything. It's just you are taking a gamble when when you already kind of they basically like pre restructured you know the the entire deal. Um, I'm not going to get super too into the weeds. You can kind of undo that and get salary cap credits and and this whole thing. But anyway. It's a good deal. I like the structure from an aggressiveness standpoint. They are trying to win, I think, a Super Bowl with, you know, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Like, I think they really want to win one now. Um, but, yeah, it certainly carries risks with it as well. Right. But uh, for the first couple of years, it's great for the Eagles if at some point they can restructure. To have the availability of the money in the first couple of years. But if there's a catastrophic injury or somewhere along the line, they're they're on a bit of a out there on a bit of a limb. But uh, we certainly don't believe that's going to happen with Jalen. But how the hell do we know? Here's what I want to uh, know about your opinion of Jalen Hurts. PFF, John called it. I'm now borrowing a phrase from Jeff Laurie, and John didn't say this, but I'm paraphrasing. The gold standard of evaluating and putting in order and evaluating. Boy, players. I didn't say that. Yeah. Okay. I didn't say gold John, standard. Give me a favor. I said best of a bad lot. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm trying to make 
uh, Brad feel good about being PFF. Uh, all right, the best of a bad lot. Since we- I'll take wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. Best of a bad lot. But numero uno's number one. Any yeah. yeah. way you slice number one, it's nice to oh, be yeah. number one. That's what I just want to get the full context. Because <laughs> I don't want to say bad lot pro football focus as a whole. I'm just not a big fan of basic statistics for quarterbacks. So when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks, I always look at PFF first, and I say it's the best of a bad lot for evaluating how quarterbacks are playing. That was the. Yeah, I know this wasn't the question, but I'll tell it. Just you know, I'm not going to defend every single thing we do. There is some pretty strong stability year to year with quarterback rates. They they're pretty accurate. So, and, yeah, uh, where John and I are similar but different. I think best of a bad lot. Oh, I'll use that exact phrase. Best of a bad lot is passer ratings. It's imperfect. Yeah. I can point to how imperfect it is, but it's as good a statistical way of judging as any that's out there. Uh, kind of like uh, democracy is the worst government on the planet, except for every other government, which it's better than. So it's the same exact thing. Um, Jalen Hurts, 2023. Will he be better than he was in 2022? Will he be worse than he was in 2022? And how does PFF go about evaluating that? Yeah, I think, you know, it could go either way. Obviously, he had a phenomenal season. I think we saw him grow in a lot of areas where, frankly, Philadelphia maybe wasn't even sure how it was going to go. I know there's been reports that they explored a Russell Wilson trade and, and other alternatives throughout the season or, you know, before the season, excuse me. So, yeah, I mean, you get another year of chemistry to develop with all your weapons. You know, I think the transitioning from Isaac Sayamalu to whoever starts playing, you know, at the guard spot now will be interesting, whether it's Jurgens or somebody else. But um, I think he could be even better. I mean, they didn't lose a whole lot of talent. They are still in the NFC, so they're going to have some easy games on their schedule. Maybe not the easiest schedule in the NFL, which I think we had it as the the easiest strength of schedule in the league last year. Um could go either way. I don't think we really evaluate how, you know, if a guy, it's, there's variance. It's random, right? Is he going to stay healthy? Is, is everyone else on the team going to stay healthy? But there's no reason to expect a drop off. Um, if anything, you should expect a slight increase as he's now more confident and comfortable throwing outside the numbers, getting rid of the ball quickly, you know, or taking some time and letting a play develop. Like I think his confidence is going to lead to better results. And I think that increased every week last year. Yeah, and I, you know, I, that's been Jalen's history. You know, the Eagles kind of put, pointed out all the time, Brad, the fact that he's gotten incrementally better every season, which is rare. You usually have sort of an EKG, some ups, some downs. Going back to Alabama, he's gotten a little bit better each season. And I expect that to continue. But I think some of it might be esoteric because the numbers were so good. And, it, it, you know, I, I am not as big a fan as passer rating as Jody is. I think his passer rating was 101 five. Um, I'm, I'm just saying it off the top of my somewhere in that range. I think he'd be better quarterback and it'd be 97 or 96, but he makes better decision, quicker processing. And that's where I think PFF comes in and they take that. And that's a coaching staff takes that into account as well. But I, I think there's a lot of fans that will just look at, well, his passing yards are down or his passer ratings down or the passing yards down. They have a tougher schedule. I mean, they're playing a more difficult grouping of teams. Um, I think his running numbers might be down because they pass more, 
not because they want to protect him, but because they're probably going to have a lot closer games in the fourth quarter. Um, all that stuff comes into the equation, but that's also esoteric. Um, is that, am I crazy for saying he could be less statistically, but a better quarterback? No, not at all. I think you're you're spot on. I mean, I guess that the fourth quarter point is interesting, right? Where his stats were incredible last year. Maybe they won't be as good, but also maybe the, the volume stats are better because they're actually throwing the football in the fourth quarter because yeah. they actually have to do so. So, yeah, the, the stats are – I'm not going to say they're not important. They are, but they are – one piece of the picture, just like a grade is. You have to look at everything, um, you know, and that's why I think it's great to have so many different resources and, 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 and kind of cross-compare a million different things because it's just impossible to boil it all down into one one number. Okay, but I'm going to ask you to do just that. <laughs> what, boil it down. What, what's your favorite number um, as far as evaluating a quarterback? Is there a stat where you go, all right, imperfect like McMullen and – McDonald giving themselves a backdoor out. I'm going to take the backdoor and say it's imperfect. But again, it's all about rankings, all about what position you put them in. What in your mind is the best stat that is the most telltale for a QB? Yeah. It probably adjusted net yards per attempt, uh, which you can see on pro football reference. Um, you know, it takes yards per attempt, but adjusts for touchdowns and interceptions. Um, it, you know, it gets a little bit more in the weeds than that. You can see the whole description of exactly how it's calculated online, but um, that is a metric that has some stability that, that you know, paints a, a clearer picture. If you want to just one stat for a quarterback, that has historically been, you know, my favorite. All right. I want to go to the NFC side as a whole, Brad, and I want you to come up with a team. I, I think we all look at it and say the Eagles are the betting favorites. They're, they're clearly uh, the best team on paper in my mind because San Francisco, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. And they could talk about Brock Purdy being healthy for week one. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, Dallas, I think, is going to be very good. Then you have a drop-off. Who's that, who's that next team? Who, who's going to surprise us? Your Chicago Bears, uh, the Detroit Lions, a lot of people are on. Seattle, kind of if you believe in Geno Smith or you, you believe it was sort of crazy. I think Minnesota's taking a step back. Um, who, who do you see somebody who can jump up and surprise us? Yeah, it's those two you mentioned. It's Detroit and Seattle. Uh, in particular, I, I think I'm very, very high in Seattle compared to the market. Um, with that, the concerns in San Francisco that you mentioned, right? Where, you know, is Purdy going to be healthy? Is he going to be the same guy as last year after getting, you know, elbow reconstructive surgery, whatever? Um, they just, they had so many young players that, you know, rookie starting tackles on both sides of the line last year in Seattle, uh, you know, rookie corner was obviously your stud, like you, add, but you added more really good young players and you get growth from the guys that played last year. I think they should be better at a lot of spots. Um, and I think Gino, you know, maybe he's not incredible, but I think he's now established a decent baseline. Um, I mean, he led us in, in touchdown passes over 20 yards by I think five or six, like he was not just checking it down and taking the easy easy road. Like, he was pushing the ball downfield. So, even if that regresses a little bit, I think he still can win in the intermediate areas and win a lot of football games. So, them in Detroit, you know, Detroit is obviously in, in this terrible division in the NFC North. They have a lot of talent. I'm just not as sold. Their defensive line isn't super inspiring to me. Yes, they kind of fixed their entire secondary, which should be much, much better. Um, but then you get the suspension for Jamison Williams. So, it's kind of like – for the first six weeks, it's Amon Ross, St. Brown, and and question mark. Um, so yeah, those two though I think are, are the next up. 
how much because i'm a seattle guy too i actually think seattle can be as good as dallas i think it's one two philadelphia san francisco then a drop off rather than one two three and a bigger drop off i'm on the seattle bandwagon with you how much does the re-edition of bobby wagner mean to them um you watched more film on him last year with the rams it's just one of those years they're bad it's uh the kind of falls in on itself um does he still have something left in the tank we're going back to seattle re-raise his game what do you think matt wagner means to the seahawks this year yeah the big thing there is their their recent first round pick jordan brooks unfortunately tore his acl late last season so i doubt he plays the first i don't know five six weeks i don't know how long that'll last so you know wagner will be big there I, i will say i mean here's you know me being honest like he was i think our highest graded linebacker which is really because the Rams didn't ask him to do a whole lot. He has lost a step. He can't cover like he used to be able to cover. Um, he still knows where the play is going 95% of the time. Like he obviously is just so sharp and cerebral that it helps him. You know, that position, just being in the right spot is half the battle. But he, he's not Bobby Wagner of old. I, I think he's really kind of a, a holdover until you get a healthy Jordan Brooks, who I think is one of the better young players at the position. Um, but, yeah, he's not going to be a liability. He's just he's not a game changer like, like he once was. At PFF underscore Brad, make sure you follow Brad Spielberger on Twitter. You can see him at Pro Football Focus over the cap.com. Uh, last one from me, Brad. How many holdouts are we going to have? We mentioned Zach Martin. Do you sense, uh, 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 you know, a lot of guys? I know one of your ex team, Daniel Hunter, that's a big story out in Minnesota. Um, how many other stories like that are we going to see around the NFL? Chris Jones, I doubt will be there until he gets a new deal. Um, probably a bunch. I mean, they could be hold ins where, you know, they show up now and then say they have back spasms and just don't do anything, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, to, to avoid getting fined 50 grand. So, but yeah. I think a decent amount. We mentioned those three off the top of our heads, but there are probably more players out there that are not happy with their current contracts. So. Yeah. I, I actually enjoy hold ins much better than holdouts because the, the narrative and the spins are more entertaining prior <laughs> to. And the Eagles have none of that. How much does something like that help or hurt a team? I don't know that it can possibly help unless they get something done and everybody's happy and copacetic. But how much of an effect do you think something like that actually does have in hurting a team trying to get to its preseason? I think it depends. I think sometimes it gets overblown to where it's like, okay, I don't think Daniil Hunter needs to work on his get off in July. I think he'll be fine. He'll show up. You know, Chris Jones, same thing. Like, I think they'll, yeah. and, and the teammates aren't like, oh, we don't know how to play with Daniil Hunter. So I think, but I think it, where it gets interesting is when it's, it gets very contentious and gets a little bit nasty. And then you kind of have the locker room turning against the front office. Um, but I don't think we really have that right now for any of these situations, at least as of yet. Um, but yeah, a guy not being there does not matter. I think we, we overinflate the value. If you're a rookie, sure. If you're a ninth year edge rusher, you don't need to be there until week one. Who yeah. wins more games this year? Colts or Cardinals? The two X Eagle coordinators. Neither one of them look like they're headed to the playoffs with their new teams, but somebody's got to win more. Somebody's got to win less. Who wins more Colts or Cardinals? Yeah, the big variable is Kyler Murray, which kind of complicates it. But I'll, I'll go with I'll go with the Colts. I think the Cardinals roster is the worst roster in the NFL by a decent margin. Uh, whereas the Colts, I know they were very bad last year, but they have talent. They just need to play better. Yeah, so, they do. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go Colts. Yeah, they're Brad. Always a pleasure. Whenever you come on, you know we're going to tap into you as often as your schedule allows. Thank you for doing us uh, again today and. 
yeah, take a deep breath this week. I know that nine camps opened up, which means you're already on. But next week, the fun really starts when everybody's in camp. We'll be checking you out on PFF and over the cap. Thanks much for jumping on Birds 365. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks, Brad. Brad Spielberger, as good as there is in the country at understanding, explaining cap-related questions and issues. And, yeah, he he's on the same page as you and I, John. We all feel badly for the running backs, but there's no answer. There's Your supply and demand stance is absolutely on point. What are you going to do? Renegotiate, like I said to Brad. Yeah, they're going to reopen the collective bargaining agreement. With seven years to go, both sides are going to come together and say, we need to figure out how to take better care of the running backs. Not happening. No chance. No help. Yeah. Yeah. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, Mac and Mac guys, we're going to come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. 
Maga Mac guys. Thank you both. Mike Gill for jumping on in hour number one and Brad Spielberger, who was just on with us uh, from Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com. Uh, both guys did a uh, good job. We thank them much. And yeah, if you're just tuning in and going, oh, shoot, I forgot to turn into Birds 365 till it was almost over. You realize you can go back and watch it again, right? It's not going anywhere. It's up there on YouTube forever. So you can go back and catch what Gil and Spielberger had to say with us. So uh, appreciate those who do that. Some people join live when we're doing it each and every single morning. Others of you go back and uh, watch it after the fact. Either way, we appreciate whenever you're streaming up with us on Birds 365. We talked a lot about rankings and lists, and that's what we're going to do until Tuesday of next week when the Eagles actually report, and John will be there Wednesday when they actually have their first workout and allow members of the media in. Until then, yeah, we're going to continue to do lists and rankings and how you figure out exactly a guy have a better year or a lesser year. I did note one today that kind of jumped out at me, and that was uh, I saw Fowler's List, where he talked to, quote-unquote, executives around the National Football League, including one dope who didn't have Lane Johnson in the top 10 offensive linemen in the National Football League. I did that earlier this week. Don't understand that a little bit. Um, But they broke down every single position in the NFL starting on the field. And of the 22 positions, Eagles had guys who ranked in the top 10 at their position in eight of the 22 uh, positions. That's pretty damn impressive. It's the number one number of top 10 guys of any team in the NFL. They're tied. If you know this, Johnny, just say it. If not, take a guess for me. What team are they tied with? Um, I don't know it, but I'm going to guess the uh, 49ers. That would be correct. More so than the Chiefs, because the Chiefs are the favorite to go back to the Super Bowl again. They got that Mahomes guy, quarterback, lops over everything else. Chiefs only have six. Yeah, for all we talk about, about, you know, great teams and the AFC being better than the NFC, it's about the quarterbacks um, for the most part, not the Eagles have both. Um, for most teams, it, yeah, Dallas would be high on that list as well. I would imagine uh, the 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 teams at the top of the NFC are really talented rosters, you know. Um, and I said it for a long time. I mean, the Eagles had the best roster in football last season, um, and I said it, and I still say it. They were better than Kansas City. Um, they didn't get it done on that particular day. They have more good players than Kansas City, um, but Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes right. and Andy Reid. Uh, they yeah. they absolutely do. If you're just saying who's got the better roster, I think the Eagles have the best roster in the National Football League. They've got eight in the top ten. Uh, 49s have eight in the top ten. Chiefs have six, and Cowboys have six. And to make John's point, that's the top four in the NFL. Three of them are from the NFC which we always say is the lesser of the two conferences, except in one specific measuring way, they've got more talent than the AFC because, again, dictated to by the quarterback, and the AFC have the better quarterbacks, but uh, the Eagles are lucky enough to have Jalen Hurts, who, yeah, Brad Spielberg, if you miss it, said, would not be surprised if Jalen Hurts were better this upcoming season. It's kind of tough to be better than runner-up for MVP, but that may be the way it shakes out for Jalen this year. And we're going to be here to talk about it each and every single day. Johnny Mac, I say we do this again tomorrow. You in, big guy? 
I'm in. Let's do it. We're getting closer, Jody. It's getting you know, almost reach out and touch it. Eagles football uh, actual participation is back in less than a week. And McMullen and McDonald will be here with you tomorrow, right? On Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.